every pick, what's the best pick in every single round? We're breaking that down here on the Fantasy Football Show on this 8 p.m. edition, Monday through Friday edition, breaking news show edition. Best pick in each round begins right now. File on in. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Smitty is also live whenever news breaks. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. We have a little bit of breaking news real quickly before we jump straight into the best pick in every single round, at least around five or six, we'll probably do it. And we'll discuss like which ones we're debating, so it's not like I'm going to give you like five names. We're going to go through the top five rounds of a draft that I'm in the middle of right now. I grabbed a random draft. I haven't even looked at it yet. I haven't even taken a glance at the draft yet. I just grabbed a random draft to do this randomly to, to use ADP data. Uh, real quick, quickly, I wanted to say that uh, we have this um, piece of news here. There's a couple. There's a couple pieces of breaking news. Commanders hired Anthony Lynn, formerly uh, formerly of the 49ers, as their run game coordinator. This is fantastic news. This adds another uh, really solid look. Shanahan creates a good coaching tree. Shanahan has a good scheme. Shanahan is a a great teacher to his coaches below him. There's no debating that. Anybody who says Shanahan coaching tree isn't one of the best really ever. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, everybody thinks I always I always threw a lot of, uh, of shade and hate and slander on Shanahan and the Niners. I, I give props where props are due. And Shanahan creates amazing coaching candidates for other teams and they get ripped from the Niners like crazy. Um, and this is a great this is a great hire. Aggressive hire for team, the Washington Commanders, offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury. You've got Adam Peters, a Niner, a Niner coming over. Adam Peters, an absolute scouting monster, is now GM in Washington. Brings over Kingsbury, brings over Anthony Lynn. It's a it's a phenomenal coaching staff. And this 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 uh, Dan Quinn defensive minded head coach with a Kingsbury and Lynn and Adam Peters above the puppet master is going to do wonders. This wa- this Washington Commander team's turning around like that. It's going to be glorious. I'm here for it. Uh, that's one piece of news that dropped today. Uh, we'll get through the news real quickly. Then we're going straight into. Uh, uh, let me let me pull this up real quick. We'll go straight into the best pick in every single round i've even got the the draft board up right here this is what we're going to work with this is a draft it's ongoing right now it's it's on on the clock in in the sixth round at the end of sixth round so we'll go through rounds one through six and break it all down so buckle up buttercups we're, go, we're going for it uh spags chiefs signed defensive coordinator steve spags bringing him back a contract extension the chiefs don't mess around look at the defense just did Look what the defense just did. This is how you operate an organization. It's phenomenal. They're not letting him go anywhere. They're going for a three-peat, and they're doing it live. And, and I have mad respect for this type of quick quick reaction and for what Spags did here. When, 
when I say that, I say that he's gonna he wants to he wants to stay and finish what he started. And this is where he wants to be, and he doesn't want to be, he's not gonna get tempted and pulled away. This man wants to be right here, right now, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's a fantastic freaking uh move for the Chiefs and for Spags himself. Uh and then this last piece of news here. And this is new news. I'll briefly touch on what's going on on screen in case you missed it. 49ers have fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. uh, Kind of the scapegoat here. Shanahan has botched this entire, uh, like, last couple days, really. You know, last week, entire week. Um, Very poor coaching performance against the Green Bay Packers uh, several weeks back. Uh, Very, very poor coaching performance against the Detroit Lions. And, and and very poor coaching decisions against the Kansas City Chiefs. And getting lucky in this matchup, getting lucky in this matchup, and not and, and run the luck running out in this matchup. And and I knew that the scapegoat would probably be Wilkes. It was. I'm not saying Wilkes was perfect, but if I read this NBC sports report uh on this situation, you, you kind of like wonder, wait a minute. Why is everybody down on Steve Wilkes? Now they call him sideline Steve because they had to bring him down from the from the, the from the box. He was coaching from the box. It wasn't going well. Things were not clicking entirely. They brought him down to the sideline. Things got better. They called him side sideline Steve. The entire fan base loved him. They called him sideline Steve. They kept pra- praising his name, and then he started doing bad again, according to the fan base and to so, some some metrics. Uh, and then they wanted him gone. The fan base, I would say, 50-40% wanted him gone. Um, outside of the Niner fan base, though, it's a very different story. Uh, this is from NBC Sports. Shanahan scheduled a surprise press conference to announce the news earlier today that they were firing Steve Wilkes. The move comes as a bit of a surprise given how well San Francisco's defense played in Wilkes' first season as the and only season as a defensive coordinator. The 49ers finished the regular season ranked third in points allowed and 10th in EPA per play allowed. Um, Shanahan also alluded to about a week ago that there would be probably no coaching changes, but he's going to go ahead and pull the blanket out from, from this one. And on top of that, there were several reports that Shanahan actually overruled Wilkes' calls or at least one crucial call near the end of the game. And you got to wonder, what call did he overrule? That'll probably come out. And if it was one of the plays that gave up some huge play to the Chiefs, why is Wilkes out? Uh, You know, it's a scapegoat thing. It, It really is what it is. Shanahan has not done a good job the last handful of weeks. Has he done great with this team? Did he get this team here? Yeah. And that's what that goes back to my whole point earlier of last show and the show before is like what would you how would you replace him? Who would you put in there? I'm not saying I have an answer. I'm not saying that the getting rid of him is necessarily the answer. I think that if you took him away, maybe you wouldn't get the same offense. Maybe you wouldn't make it to a Super Bowl. Is he going to win one, though, if you keep things the way they are? No. You've got to somehow, some way, figure out a way to help him make decisions that he's not good at making. And he's got to be not so stubborn to accept the help. Now, my guess is that they'll bring in a clock management advisor. They'll bring in somebody that's going to advise him. No one's going to overrule him, and he's going to be too stubborn to really take it in and absorb it. And when he was asked, did he make a mistake not informing his players of the new overtime rules, he said, I didn't go over it with them. 
I let the the spe- the the the, uh, the the special teams uh, coach or, or assistant or whatever I think it was advise everybody about it, but he didn't go over it with the team. And and does he think it had an impact? He doesn't think it had a, really an impact, even though several players, several key players, a lot of players said they didn't realize the new overtime rules, whereas the Kansas City Chiefs knew it. And Travis Kelsey was saying he was laughing because when they decided to uh, let the Chiefs have the second opportunity and they wanted to receive the football, he was like, what? And they just they just literally gifted the Kansas City Chief a huge advantage. The Kansas City Chiefs a huge, huge advantage. Kelsey was laughing. Him and his brother were talking on their podcast today. And it's like, it, it's a big coaching error. Big coaching error. Ayuk. Um, might want out. Ayuk is going to request a trade. I can almost guarantee it. And before Bob comes in and says, Smitty, he's not going anywhere. Smitty, Ayuk's not. This is clickbait. Smitty, he ain't going anywhere. When did I say he was going somewhere? I said he was going to request a trade. Requesting a trade and getting traded are two different things, Bobby boy. Because requesting a trade facilitates... The conversation and the it applies the pressure. It's not that he necessarily wants to go anywhere. Tyreek Hill didn't want to go anywhere. He requested a trade to get the ball rolling. And guess what? The cap space isn't there to do anything maybe later, let alone now. So the odds are this guy's going to request a trade. And he's going to hold out. And guess what happened last time? Debo Samuel animosity between fan base the fan base is already going at his neck in little little tiny increments here and there and this guy is is i want to say i'm not saying anything negative about his character or anything like that but this guy's not debo debo's a very very playful likable big smile on his face a hard working not that he's not hard working but just trying to paint a picture of debo he's hard working smile on his face probably one of the most quality character guys on the team this is a player you want everybody to emulate, Debo Samuel. He got such a poor. He goes. He was so poorly treated by half the fan base, at least, when he wanted a trade, trying to get his bag, and everybody crapped all over him. I was on there defending him to the Niner fan base, and and if you were there, raise your hand if you remember seeing me on Instagram getting blasted by Niner fans because I'm going to bat for Debo. And everybody says I, I hate the Niners. I don't hate the Niners. I don't hate on the Niners all the time. I went to bat for Debo over and over and over while the fan base, the Niner fan base, slandered him, called him names, get him out of here, and he's the most likable guy you could come across. Again, not trying to say that he's not likable, but you're about to see that the Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, the way they talk to the media and the way they come off are going to be very different. My guess is he potentially drives a little more animosity. I think people are not going to like the way he approaches this thing. His Instagram's already scrubbed for the most part. There's no mention of Niners in his profile. He's been posting things cryptically. Actually, not even cryptic stuff. It's It's been very, very blatant. Uh, don't forget... How? Uh, what got you there? That's him. His his best friend, who we thought was his brother when he first posted this because of what he said in here. But he said, this is the exact reason why we're leaving San Francisco. And said, thank you 
49ers for drafting my brother. We are forever grateful. And it, it didn't feel like he was calling him like his pal or something, his buddy. It's, it's, everyone's like, brother? Is that his brother? Like maybe from another mother? What's going on here? Divorced family? Like what? what's the what's the situation here? Ends up being just his best friend. And then he says, B.A. to Vegas. You've just been Smitty Dis... B.A. to Vegas? What in the hell is going on here? We're not happy. Attention. Attention. We're not happy with what's going on here. We want to win a Super Bowl. Ayuk was asked, hey, are you coming back to San Francisco? And he said, if the deal's right, if it's a good deal, I'll be back. Well, what constitutes a good deal? Debo's answer? I'm sorry. Did I say Debo? I kept saying Debo. Ayuk. Ayuk, do you want to come back to San Francisco if it's a good deal? Mind you, he's on a co- he's going to have a one-year uh, uh, option picked up. He, he's playing. He, he's under contract. He will be under contract. There's no, like, he can't just walk away and go somewhere. He's under contract. So they're asking him, even though you're under contract, uh, are you coming back to San Francisco even though you have no say? And he says, uh, if it's a good... If it's a good deal! What constitutes a good deal, Ayuk? This is his demeanor. This is why I think he's going to drive animosity even more than Debo because he's kind of like, it comes off a little bit like callous and a little bit of almost a baby. And he goes, Super Bowl. Super, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And, and you want to go, and you want to go to, to Vegas? You want a Super, Super Bowl's your, your conclusion and you want to go to Vegas? Are we, are we out of our minds here? He goes to the planet known as Uranus. <laughs> now, this this could just be his buddy off his rocker, but and, and some are going to say, "Don't listen to what his family says." Listen, his his girlfriend, fiance or girlfriend, also said, also said, well, "This is probably the last time uh, Braylon, his son." Braylon and I are going to be here, you know, whatever, and probably won't be here anymore. Probably headed elsewhere. Won't, last time we'll be playing on this field. Last time we'll be over here because we're, we're going elsewhere. His girlfriend slash fiance, whatever she is that, that he has a kid with, might be his wife, but I think it's his girlfriend. She's saying it. The best friend's saying it. And then the best friend says this on social media. And we're almost done here. I know some of you have heard some of this, and I don't mean to regurgitate anything, but it's important stuff, and it's what's in the news right now, and it's evolving. It's not like just sitting sitting there stagnant. It's getting different and evolving, and Wilkes gets fired, and it's getting piled on. Niners are in shambles. And that, you could say, oh, they're not in shambles or whatever. They're in shambles. The Niners are in shambles right now. Could they recover? Yeah. Can they pick the pieces up? I'm not saying they can't, but they're in shambles. Uh, the friend says, why does your all pro 1300 yard receiver have three catches in the Super Bowl? And people might say, oh, don't listen to his brother and his girlfriend. Listen to him right after he posts that Debo piggybacks off of that. And, uh, where's, where's this graphic here? I, I have it somewhere. Debo piggybacks off of his, his, his buddies, his best friends, uh, graphic and puts this up right after and says, yep. Three catches. Why does he have three catches? Boom. Debo drops this. Shows his jersey. The one on the left. Super Bowl. Looks crispy. Looks like maybe he he had some food or something. He may have dropped on here when he's waiting to get on the field or something like that. Because it doesn't look like he got tackled. Three receptions, his buddy says. 
And Debo, and, and, sorry, I keep saying Debo, because the holdout, I'm just tying it to Debo's holdout. Ayuk, who's going to hold out, has a crispy, white, clean jersey, and he's piggybacking off of what his best friend said. Okay, and then people say, oh, Smitty, they're going to extend him. He's going to hold out, though. It doesn't matter if they extend him. Animosity. Not in tune with this team. Your team, your t- if you're not a fan, your team's in shambles right now. The last thing you need is your star wide receiver not there the entirety of the offseason because your coach and your GM and your organization want to do it the Niner way. Let's extend them in August. It's the Niner way, though. I don't care. The Niner way of extending players in August is the wrong way. Maybe change it. Because you're going to create animosity in an offseason full of drama. Things are unfolding. Do it right. And, and can they even extend them? This is from my boy. This is not from me. This is from a Niner fan page. A very pro Niner fan page. Uh, comes at me all the time. You see them in here. C-Mac. C-Mac says this. He says the following. I'll read it to you. The 49ers' top eight cap hits for the 2024 season is an estimated $198 million in damages after adding on Brandon Ayuk's fully guaranteed fifth-year option. That is not an, an extension. That's just adding the fifth-year option, the cheapest choice to keep them. Uh, that would put the team as at an estimated $212 million of cap space used. The cap space is projected to be between $240 and $245 million in 2024, meaning the Niners would have in the range of $28 to $33 million for the remaining 44 spots on the roster. The 49ers front office has a dreadful task ahead of itself this offseason. This is not my words. I made sure to go find an independent Niner Pro bias source to give you the bad news if you're sitting here going, it'll be okay. It'll be okay, Smitty. It will be okay. Expect a trade request to hit news wires at some point in the very near future because this man is not Debo Samuel. I'm not saying that, trying to rip on the guy. I, I love Brandon Ayuk. Um, there's nothing wrong with Brandon Ayuk. I'm sure he's a good dude. I'm not saying he's a bad dude on any level. I want to make that abundantly clear. But Debo Samuel is a much more, uh, I would say, easy to, I think, negotiate with, I would imagine. Less likely to lash out in the media, less likely to have an attitude. This is more of a diva type wide receiver. Everybody called Debo a diva because he held out and wanted a bag. He didn't hold out in a in a diva fashion like this guy's capable of doing. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying if you think animo- here's my point. Here's my point. I'm not saying he's a bad guy at all. But if you think the, 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 the fan base is not going to be as rough or worse on him, who's going to come off kind of like, eh, you know, like, you know, not answering questions. I'm just here so I don't get fined Marshawn Lynch type answers. That's that's Ayuk. Ayuk very much is very sharp, very, uh, I would say, uh, you could say, I don't know, like flustered. He gets very flustered. He, he doesn't quite, I think, think out what he's going to say, and, it, and, he, and he makes it look like you're wasting his time. When when, it, when he's being interviewed about this stuff, he acts like you're just a bother. You're wasting his time. Debo was smiling and go, well, I just want to get on the field. Like, I think fa- the fans are going to say, wow, why were we so mad at Debo? This guy could drag it out, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to get his extension. 
I'm just saying the the, the Niner team, the Niner organization will not do this properly. You already saw what it did to Debo. Debo had a horrible year. Not this year. The year prior to this past year, Debo held out that offseason leading in. Debo had one of the worst seasons he's ever had. And he admitted it was because he wasn't in sync. He was out of shape. And even if this guy's in shape, works out with Derrick Henry, chains around his neck all offseason long, gets fed meatloaf by Ma every single day. Doesn't matter. You're still out of sync. The team's in shambles. They need to be unified. And if if Shanahan and... And, and, and Lynch don't understand the importance of getting everybody together when your team's in shambles and you don't say, let's all come together and let's, the world's against us right now and we could all be together and fix it from the inside out. No, no, he's going to think it isn't important. We got other fish to fry. We got to do this. We got to do that. And maybe they do. And C-Max numbers make it hard to know what's going to happen. I don't have all the answers. But I do know if you are planning on extending him, you better do it now. Don't wait till later and not have this thing fixed. Because it's ridiculous. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for. News is out of the way. It's time for the best pick in every single round. Let's do it live. I have not even looked at this draft. I'm already seeing values I love. I'm seeing some guys that went quite high. Uh, let's go ahead and, and kick this off. Let me get a different uh, marker on here. Let's go, with, uh, let's go with this one here. I like this one. Let's go with this one. Okay, so we're going to highlight a player, and I'm going to tell you my favorite pick in every round. You guys can drop yours as well. Um, here is my favorite pick in every single round. Let's start off with round one. Of course you love McCaffrey, but we're not here to talk about like obvious calls. We're here to talk about players that feel like the best value grab. He's 28 years old. There's certainly a lot of upside. If you ever get the one pick in a best ball, Underdog Fantasy, and you're looking at Underdog Fantasy's draft board right here, Underdog Fantasy promo code SMITTY. They'll double your first deposit up to $100. I'm dropping that link in the live chat right now. Go ahead and click the link, sign up, and they'll double that first deposit. You'll also be ready to go when we decide to do a whole bunch of drafts over and over and over. So uh, buckle up, buttercups, get your, your underdog account going and do it live now so you're not trying to scramble to sign up last second and then you don't get in because, you know, you're like, oh, I didn't do it when Smitty said last time. I'm going to pin that link. Link's pinned. It's in the live chat for anybody that's watching the replay. Motion detected at the front door. Christian McCaffrey's not, not necessarily not the best pick in some arguments you could say. If you get the one pick, that was what I was going to say, you should use it on Christian McCaffrey a lot of the time, just because you'll never have other opportunities to, and you might as well explore those Christian McCaffrey built teams from the one. You know, I think some of the mistakes we made, and I admit this to myself, is Bijan, he's going six, right? This is kind of where he's going last year, about six, seven, eight, nine, ten, even kind of a little bit later, more like seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Bijan, if you remember, we were drafting him at two, three, four, and I admit I kind of probably didn't help matters by doing it publicly, showing you guys public facing that I was just like, screw it, I'm taking him. We need to pick our spots. Like if if the if the ADP of Bijan Robinson is six or seven or eight, 
then allow that to happen naturally and just do enough underdog drafts where you've got an equal share of all these draft slots. And if you're going to get the one spot, you know, here and there, okay, you're going to get the one spot here and there. Let me let me drop this. Uh, let me pull this up and drop this down. I don't know why this is bothering me. I'm going to put myself over here. Uh, so if if we say to ourselves, okay, we're going to get Bijan here over and over and over, right? Why in the hell would we take him here, here, and here when we are not going to get Christian McCaffrey at five, six, seven? We're not going to get CeeDee Lamb at five or even really four. We're not getting JJ at five, six, seven. Explore these ADPs. Always pick the best player available, but don't force players just because you want them every single time. Understand you're going to have enough Bijans at five, six, seven, eight. You don't need to force it. The best pick in this round so far is really. At this point, these are all good picks. I love Jamar Chase at four. It's pretty good. Tyreek Hill, you start sniffing potentially the best pick of the draft so far in this round at least because he is capable of one or two. And that's a big jump. Like when you think about it, if you could double your ADP, well, Tyreek Hill going at two overall is more than doubling his, his ADP. He's quite de he's delivering quite well just because it doesn't feel like a whole round climb. We're, we're talking about lesser numbers here. The percentage of climb is huge. If you're number five overall and you play like two, you're absolutely crushing it. Um, I like Hill a little bit. Bijan, I like a little more. Brees Hall, I like even a little more. Uh, Amon Ra, I love. Kyron, I like a little more. Puka Nakua, I'm starting to love that. And Jameer Gibbs, are you are you out of your are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? We got a couple super chats real quickly. Let me get these super chats out of the way. Uh, Boss Horn Deckard says, "Nice coming in with the super chat. Appreciate you, Boss Horn Deckard. Appreciate you so much, my guy. Superfish coming in strong. Happy Valentine." Titans Day to you as well, everybody, especially Superfish dropping the $5 hauler. Uh, Miss Smitty, Little Smitty, uh, Pooch Smitty, and the entire family, uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you dropping the $5 hauler. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Uh, Say Word says, Ayuk fell in love with the Raiders facility. <laughs> I know. BA, BA to Las Vegas. What? Thank you, say word. You aren't kidding. That facility must be glorious. We've got a $20, our first boss horn hauler from Perps dropping a 20 watt. Happy Valentine's Day to Smitty, Miss Smitty, Medium Smitty, and Little Smitty. Hope you guys have a great day, says Perps dropping the wad. Perps going nuts already. Alert. Super chat alert. Perp walk! <laughs> Perp walk. Appreciate you, perps. Perp dropping another 20 watt. Look at this guy. Absolute straight legend and monster. Just on this channel. Alert. Super chat alert. Perps, appreciate you. Perps says happy Valentine's Day chat. Hope you all enjoyed the day too. Sorry I'm late. Uh, no problem, perps. Uh, you probably wouldn't have liked some of the, what, I, what I ranted on on the news anyway, because I know you're a little bit, think a little differently, which is fine on the Shanahan situation, but we had to drop the Wilkes news. It triggered a few more Ayuk stuff. Just kind of recapping. It's important stuff, and I know what some people might say, Smitty, 
Uh, didn't we already talk about this? Uh, uh, Smitty, move on. The 2024 season. I am. I am. I do sometimes an hour, hour and a half show. There's a lot of content. You know what I mean? And, and if we got to break the news again and some of it's repetitive, don't you worry. Don't you worry, your little hearts. I will absolutely deliver new news in, in a different way and digested more of it. And Wilkes getting fired added to the puzzle. But this is the hottest topic. People are like, why are you talking about the Niners? Or The Niners were just in the Super Bowl. They just lost. And this is a huge, huge unraveling right now of the team. And it's all in front of everybody. Why do I have this, this echo going on? What is going on here? I have a straight echo. There, is that better? Good God. That whole entire time I had this echo going on. Okay, anyway. Smitty, why is the sound so bad? Because both mics are on. I've got an echo. Okay, we should be a lot better now. This should be a whole lot better. Oh, what were we saying here? Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, oh, oh, oh. Here we go. Let me get rid of the echo there. God, that probably sounds so much better. I'm sorry about that. I should have I should have saw that coming. Perps dropping the 20 watts. Thank you, Perps. Guys, I have to say, um, the steals of the first round are, uh, I mean, it's like a, a big freaking like seven-way almost tie, right? But we got to pick. I'm going to probably narrow it down. I'm going to say I love Bijan. I love Brees Hall. Brees Hall could be the number one overall player that's a non-quarterback. So this feels like very, very solid. I'm going to say it's Kyron and Gibbs, though, because you're getting them just a little bit later. All three, all four of these running backs could be the running back one. Gibbs could be running back one. Kyron could be running back one. Hall could be running back one. Bijan. You know, I'm going to say it's these four. I, this, goes, this goes back to the whole thing like, look, did we have an echo all yesterday, too? Did I have that on all yesterday? I don't know. It's weird. I'm seeing it now, and I didn't notice it yesterday. I don't know. Um, this goes back to, hey, Smitty, you should go wide receiver early because blah, 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 blah. Uh, content creators everywhere saying go wide receiver, wide receiver. Running backs just get injured. Everyone got injured. The quarterback position was decimated. The running backs were decimated. The wide receivers were decimated. Tyreek Hill wasn't even there at the end of the day. Jamar Chase was banged up. JJ was out. Cooper Cup was out. The, the wide receivers were decimated. I venture to say that you're better off trying to get a wide receiver in this round number uh, two than you are an RB. There are a couple RBs, but look, three RBs lingering in round two. That's it. That's it. If you go wide receiver and J uh, Jonathan Taylor, Devon Achan, and Barkley are all gone, what are you going to do? ETN's there. He's down in round three. That's pretty good. That's it, though. I mean, I'm not taking Rashad White in the second round. You out of your mind? I'm not taking James Cook. This is Look how thin the... Oh, my God. Look how thin the RBs are. Derrick Henry's good value late. It's hero RB season. Or, or if you get lucky... It's double RB, you get A-chan and one of the big four running backs that we're talking about here, and then you just start hammering away at wide receivers. But certainly is potentially going to be one of the most amazing uh, early running back, first-round running back groups that we're going to have for quite some time. And so on that note, I'm going to say my, my best pick of round one is in order of probably their reverse of their draft ADP here. Gibbs is the best pick right now if he's falling to 11. Kyron, the next best. Hall and Bijan. 
And and that you might say, well, that's disrespectful to these receivers, but they're going really high. I love I love St. Brown. AJ's too high uh, for me, um, especially not knowing you know with the animosity there between him and the and the team. We don't know how that's going to go. Where is, is he going to get traded? Probably won't be. But could he? Gibbs, Kyron, then Hall, then Bijan. We head to round two. Drop your favorite picks, and I I would love to uh, see what they what they are. Um, Uh, round two, uh, Garrett Wilson's pretty good at 13. Um, DJ Moore's too high. Nico's too high. I know you love him. I love him too, but it's, it's too high. It's just too high. It's it's not it's not like it's something that um, it's not like it's something we can look past and say, well, he's so he gonna he's got to he's got to perform so far and above what he's capable of. I I don't think this is a wise move to draft Nico Collins anywhere near. The top of round two. Marvin Harrison Jr., it's a little high, but I do believe he is can't-miss special. And I do believe we're going to get potentially a Puka Nakua type of season out of him, and he'll certainly earn this. Are we a little depressed that this will be kind of near his ceiling? Yeah, but is he worth it if, let's say, you go Bijan or Hall, and you don't like these wide receivers here? You're worried about Ayuk. You don't want Diggs. Rasheed Rice is just too high for you. I think he's a really solid pick, but I don't know if I love Rasheed Rice at the top or even middle of round two. It's like Nico. I love him, but I don't know what I'm willing to spend on him. So Marvin Harrison Jr. becomes a safeguard or safety net in this like 16 to like 24 territory for me to where I would take him, even though the upside's a little a little bit like capped when he's going that high. Still the draft so far is Devon. Oh my, Devon H. Bring it down, boys. Lower them. Good, good, good. Good. Perfect. Devon HN, please report to your shuttle to Saturn. Your shuttle is leaving. Prepare for departure. Touchdown probability high. Touchdown probability is very high. This is the best pick in the in the second round so far. By far, my favorite pick in second round. It looks glorious. Um, Jonathan Taylor's pretty damn good, too. Like, guys, you know, this is good value for him, especially in a dry round two for RB. I think ETN belongs in the tail end of two. I don't know why ETN's falling detected at the front uh, this far. It doesn't make much sense. Um, uh, I think uh, Rasheed Rice is too high. I, look, I love him. This is not me not liking Rasheed Rice. You can't say, Smitty, you're you're sleeping on Rasheed Rice. I'm not sleeping on Rasheed Rice. He just is going to... This is... there's there's. It's hard to imagine him having even a little bit of a... a, a like a, a struggle. You know, just a little bit of a, like a, a, a rude awakening walking into this next season. And then he, he, he starts off slow. Or they bring in another big-name wide receiver. Hopkins comes over because he could get cut from uh, Tennessee. It's certainly possible. Um, because they save some money, and they that might not they might want to rebuild. They could keep them, but there's also other players that are that are free agents. I mean, look at the free agent wide receiver board. I'm not saying that these guys won't get franchise tag. We're already hearing that Higgins will be franchise tag. Pittman could be uh, Evans Ridley. I mean, you give Evans or Ridley, and, and Evans could be work, he could work out a long term deal or get franchise tag. But uh, you know, someone like that landing in KC could complicate this ADP. Can't complicate Rice. He'll still be good. But it'll complicate you spending a freaking 17, 19, 21 ADP, you know, or, or draft slot on him. 
Ayuk, I'm not, I don't, I, I already said this before all the drama, before the last two, three games. I don't like Ayuk in round two. It's too high for me. And I certainly don't like it now. Uh, Barkley, I love this value. Because as much as he's an injury risk player, to me, if he goes in the 12, 13 turn area, that's where it's like, okay, I do it, but I don't know that I love it. This is a whole round downstream. This is the 2-3 turn. And in a dry running back round, it's pretty damn good. This is pretty damn good. And, and where is he going to be? Houston, where's our Barkley board? Where is he going to be? Barkley probably climbs to 2.1, 2.3, 2.4, though. Know that. Right now, you can draft him on best ball in the anticipation he goes to one of these teams. But once he actually, you know, actually lands uh, 100% in, in all reality in Houston or in a Chargers uniform, in a Harbaugh, ground and pound offense, or Dallas. You know, I think Henry goes to Dallas. I think Jacobs goes to Baltimore, if I had to predict, and I think Barkley goes to Houston. But those are all guesses we don't know. But the moment that Barkley is in another uniform, and we know where he is, he's climbing. But for right now, that's a steal. But there is nobody that gets me more excited and, and absolutely ready to throw the boss horn up in the air and fire off some toots than Devon Achan at the freaking 17 overall. Let's let's toot one out on that note right now. Let's do it live. This one's for Devon Achan, baby. Say hello to my... Are we still in an echo? No, we are. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Best pick in round two, A-Chan. Best pick in round one in review is Gibbs, then Kyron, then Hall, then Bijan because of that pecking order. If the pecking order changes, you can imagine that I would reorder that, right? Because these are kind of ties for me. I love all four of these RBs. I love Hero RB. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Hero RB. Do you know what that stands for? It stands for glory. And let me spell it out for you, okay? Hero, Hero RB. This spells glory. And there's nothing better than going into a draft in 2024 if best player available allows it and you smash Hero RB to pieces. This is your round one. Okay? Round one. Round two. Round three. Round four. Round five. Round six. And you draft, let's say, Brees Hall in round one. You've got your un you're running back out of the way. You now, if best player available doesn't detour you because you'll let it detour you if, if the right player falls, you're going to ignore running back for several rounds. The definition of hero RB is changed from time to time. Um, so, you know, use your own definition. You do not need to go like two round seven, two round six. You do whatever works for you. But now you can go wide receiver, QB, or wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver again. You could even go tight end. And then you get here and you start gobbling up in round like six, seven, eight. You start going RB if it, if it allows you to do it. RB, RB, RB. You get you get Blake Corm. You get Jonathan Brooks. You get uh, you get Braylon Allen. You you grab all the rookie running backs. You have uh, a Tajay Spears. You have literally an arsenal of RB. 
to throw into your running back two rotation to go with Hall, and you beefed up the other positions because you didn't go running back two until much later period of time. That is Hero RB. And that's what these gentlemen right here, Jameer Gibbs, Kyron Williams, and Brees Hall, and Bijan Robinson all offer you. And they all have animations on this, uh, on this channel right here. Let's start off with the Kyron. He's Kyron. He's seven feet tall. And he knows how to handle a ball. He's Kyron. He can take frowns and turn them upside down with his touchdowns. Hi, my name is B. John Robinson. I like long. Get breached. Those four are your best hero RB running backs. If you don't get McCaffrey at one and don't try and play out hero RB with that 1.1 overall pick. So if you don't get 1.1 to go hero RB and you can do it from here too. Bijan, Brees, Kyron, Jameer, do it live, hero RB. Now, let's say I decided to go hero RB. Those are your best four players. Your, your best pick in round one is those four players in that order. And if, let's say, Kyron went 11 and Gibbs went 9, my favorite player would be Kyron, Gibbs, etc. So it's the order that's making this, this work for me. If I took Kyron or Brees or Bijan in round one or, or Jameer Gibbs, and I, I'm like, okay, I'm going hero RB, baby, and A-chan falls, guess what I'm doing? Smashing's what I'm doing. Smashing's what I'm doing. Smashing Devon Achan. Do it live. Abort. Abort. Alert. Alert. Panic mode initiated. Alert. Stand down order in effect. We're standing down on the hero RB. If, if Devon A-Chan's sitting there, we're just doing it. You get Kyron and A-Chan, you do it live. You get Bijan and A-Chan, you do it live. You get Brees Hall and A-Chan, you do it live. You get Jameer Gibbs and A-Chan, do it live. Alert. Alert. Panic mode initiated. Okay, so we got the, the round one, round two out of the way. Let's go over to round three. Best pick in round three. Already recapped round one and round two. Adam, okay, where are we at? So we're at 24-25 uh, turn right here. Adams, I, I don't hate it, but it's not the best pick in the round. It, it's not a horrible pick. It's not the best pick in the round. Motion detected at the front door. Ziggy, show me the front door. Sam Laporta ain't bad. Sam Laporta ain't bad in round three. Not the greatest round two guy. Ziggy, show me the front door. Okay. But, but I like it. He's he's in the running, right? He's in the running already. We're going down the pecking order. Tank Dell is solid in round three. I, I like that a lot. Ziggy off. Uh, ETN. I don't. The reason I'm not going to say ETN is because ETN is going to go higher than this on average. In fact, let me actually. You know, let me just pull up the ADP data because if the ADP data doesn't say that he's going later than that, then we're going to maybe. <laughs> We might we might make uh, we might make ETN the best pick in the third round. Yeah, that's gonna be kind of shocking because I wasn't expecting it. 
but certainly could be the case. So let's pull up the rankings and ADP data on Underdog Fantasy promo code SMITTY. That link is pinned in the live chat if anybody wants to do a draft. Maybe tonight, um, uh, we're definitely going to go Graveyard Dynasty tonight. I'll try to go Graveyard Draft tonight, but we'll definitely go Graveyard Dynasty. I know I haven't been making a bunch of the... Uh, the graveyard drafts the last two or three days, but I'm here every day at 8 p.m. No one else does that. And I just, you know, been taking a couple graveyard shifts off to recuperate while I go live every single day anyway. Um, what, what what are we looking at here? ETN, right? ETN's ADP is, wow. 30 overall. Holy crap, this is even higher than his ADP. His ADP is 30.7. ETN might be the best value in round three. Uh, I, I love Tank Dell. I love Laporta. Um, Keenan L. Mike Evans. Jalen Hurts is fantastic. I would say my favorite, especially the end of round four or three, my favorite values in this round, I think because, I think because, Mahomes is still in four, Stroud's in five, Joe Burrow's in six, Anthony Richardson's in almost six-round territory, and Mahomes is in four. As much as I want to say Jalen Hurts at 36 overall is one of the biggest steals of fantasy football, and it really still could be, (laughs) I I think you still have amazing steals. I'm going to say he's definitely in the running, right? He's in the top three best picks of round three. I'm going to go ahead and lock in ETN. Then I'm going to say Tank Dell, Laporta, and Hertz are all kind of tied, but I'm going to go ahead and say ETN. He doesn't deserve to be in round three. Uh, there is some risk to ETN repeating what he did, but there's also a lot of upside, and they used him. They trust him. There's a lot of appeal there at third-round value. But I think you can't go wrong with Laporta, Dell. If Chris Olave gets a quarterback, he'll probably climb ADP, but I love Chris Olave if he gets a quarterback. If they keep things the way they are, it's like it kind of feels like London last year, where it's like the talent's there, but you're not you're worried about the the ability of getting them the football. So Tank Dell, uh, so Travis Etienne, then Tank Dell, Laporta, and Hertz are all tied. That's my round three. Round four, I mean Patrick Mahomes is sticking out like a sore freaking thumb. There's Trey McBride, our Mars man, that climbed up from the 60s all the way to 43. We knew it was going to happen. We we beat the drum as hard as we can for as long as we could in making everybody go to Underdog Fantasy and draft McBride in the sixth round. He was going in the sixth round for weeks. It wasn't an error. It wasn't a day one ADP uh, correction that had gone awry. For weeks, you could get Trey McBride in the sixth round. It was ridiculous. Uh, this is not crazy bad value, but I don't know that it's what it was. It was win a league material in round six. This is still potentially could be, but it's not the best pick in the round necessarily. Zay Flowers, I like him. Feels too high. Pacheco. Could be pretty decent value. I love Devontae Smith. If Devontae Smith falls in round five, he is literally like win a league material. And I know he's breaching round five, so there's not much of a difference of like being 59 or... Um, oh, no, that's the beginning of round four. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so if he falls to the end of round four, it's steal the draft type material. Right here at the turn, the 3-4 turn, I still like it. Um, I'm going to say it's it's up there, but it's not the best pick in the round. Kelsey's not bad. Like, look, I'm crapping on Kelsey all the time, left and right. He's going to, you know, absolutely, you know, give heed the way, the road, give the road to Sam Laporta and Trey McBride. But I think fourth round value is not bad. It's very, it's a very good value. 
I would say without a hesitation, I like Cooper Cup a little bit too in round four or five. If Cooper Cup were to sling around here, slingshot around to the fifth round, he's a steal. I'll take the gamble. I really will. Will I love Cooper Cup in round five. I hate him in round two, hate him in round three, start to really like him in four, and Cooper Cup's a hero in round five. That's the nature of ADP. You know, you got to adjust and adapt to, to the ADP values, but with, sticking out like a sore thumb is Patrick Mahomes, 100%. You've just been... Like, I don't even understand this. This looks like uh, somebody sat on the keyboard over at Underdog and accidentally added a, a number to his ADP and it bumped him down. He's supposed to go in two and he's going in four. I don't know if the w winning a Super Bowl will change this because people are fickle, but this is the best pick in round four without hesitation in my mind. Without a freaking hesitation. I love Cup. I love Kelsey. I love uh, McBride. I love London. I wish London was in round five. If London was in round five, he'd be absolutely the steal of round five. But I like him here. I don't hate him here. He's definitely in the running here. Mahomes, Kelsey, Cooper Cup, London, McBride, uh, Pacheco a little bit. Yeah, Devontae Smith. All in the running for being an amazing pick in round four with Mahomes crushing it and being the leader. Love Stroud in round five. Uh, the round five turn uh, goes this way. So uh, Jacobs isn't bad. Depending on where he goes, his value could climb a whole round and a half. If he goes to Baltimore and he's a starting running back tomorrow in Baltimore, let's just say we get a, a, a rocket ship a time time machine, we go to his signing and we just witness it. The ADP will go from 49 to the to the late 20s, maybe, maybe maybe late 20s. Like honestly, Jacobs in Baltimore, Jacobs in Houston, Jacob. Like all people are waiting for is the word. Like, this is value. This is what screams get to underdog now, people. Draft these players that people are somehow waiting on. They're waiting on. What are you waiting on? You know he's going somewhere. Jacobs is going somewhere. You know, like, why wouldn't you? Like, even if he stayed in a, a Raider, like, he's still going to be worth way more than this value. And I'm not even a Jacobs. I've been a Jacobs, not hater, but uh, a Jacobs avoid him for a while. This is This is good territory here. He's going somewhere. What do you? What is anybody waiting for? It's great value. I like Stroud a little more. I love Kenneth Walker. He's very risky, but this is like, there's no risk really here, especially if you couple him with Charbonnet again, and you assume that they're going to potentially do things differently with Pete Carroll gone. I know Pete Carroll loved him, but he certainly didn't love him as much as we thought he was going to because he didn't run him enough. Um, I love JSN. Adunze is good. I, I don't mind this. Uh, Jaden Reed's it's it's higher than I want it to be, but I love him. It's not bad value. He's just somebody we hope we get a lot later, but not. Henry. How is Henry maybe going to be... He's almost turning into round six. Late five, into round six. You're here... You're, look, I'm as shocked as you are. This is the be, This is probably one of the best picks. One of the top two best picks of this round number five. Because he's go him like Jacobs, like Barkley, he's going somewhere. He's probably going to Dallas. He's probably going to Dallas. I, I love this pick. I'm not I, I don't even know if he could stay healthy enough to get 10 touchdowns and 900 yards. I don't think he stays healthy all year, but if he goes to Dallas, I'm willing to write a blank check on a player I think is going to collapse at some point at any moment when it's late fifth round value. It's late fifth round value. If he was in the second round and we're doing this again, I'm still going to draft him one more year as a top 10 running back. 
I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I've been out. I've told you I'm out. I, I made a mistake last year. Anybody that doubted Derrick Henry last year got burned. But this is a formula that, that lands you more makes than misses. Because no running back in there, 29, 30, on average, is going to remotely be as good as they used to be. He's kind of an anomaly. And at this point, at 5th to 6th round value, I'll write a blank check. I think Henry's probably the best value. Him and AR5. I love AR5 at almost 6th round value. I love AR5. I love uh, I love Henry. I like JSN a lot. I don't know that I love it, but I like it a lot. I, I love Walker here. I love Stroud here, and I really like Jacobs and could really, really get behind this if I even got it, uh, any insight at all. He's going to, like, Baltimore, and we knew this was going to happen or something. But Henry's fantastic value there. Uh, the turn goes this way, and then down you got Alvin Kamara. You've got McLaurin, Kittle. Tajay Spears is a little higher than I wanted. Again, this is like Jaden Reed. This is not me saying I don't like Jaden Reed here. I'm just like, damn it. Why did he climb so high? I, I Like, I like him there still, but now it's not, you know, big, huge, like, no one sees it coming type swing. Tajay Spears, like, how do you get this high? How do you get almost up there with Derrick Henry? Like, Henry's right here. Tajay Spears is literally just around the turn and right here. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Monty, Nick Chubb, Christian, Kirk. Why is Kirk there? Uh, Joe Burrow, Godwin. I'm going to say Burrow. And I like Kincaid a little bit here. I like I like Kittle a little bit here. I'm going to say, by far, I'm not excited about Chubb coming back. Uh, I'm going Joe Burrow. Eckler hasn't been taken yet. D Hopkins hasn't been taken. Those are candidates to go probably here for me. And I really would like Eckler in round 6-7. So, again, we're at the tail end of 6, and it'll loop into 7. Just like I love Henry in round... Henry's going right here at the tail end of five. I love Henry at the bottom or the top of six, like in this turn. And I really like him here. Enough to call him one of the best picks, if not the best pick of the fifth round. feel the same way about Eckler at the six, seven turn. And I don't even like Eckler. We're, we're writing blank checks that don't matter. Like you could, you could not be able to cash it and you still could win your league. And there's no ramifications to missing with the upside that you may be getting there. Uh, I'm going to say maybe Eckler, who's not even on this board, Hopkins, Joe Burrow, and uh, I like Kincaid a lot, but I, I almost want him like the next round, like where I love him. Spears is good, good here. It's just I wanted him so much later. Kamara, I don't know. I, I trust. I almost trust Eckler and Kamara about the same. So the fact that Eckler is going maybe in round seven, I like Eckler more. Those are my 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 favorite picks in that round. That's every single round, every single round. I've been getting a request for that video uh, over and over and over. I, th I think we should do that often. I think that's a great, it's a great way to, I think, really nail down some sleeper candidates, who we really like, who's getting overvalued, who's getting undervalued. It's kind of like an ADP, you know, lesson of sorts. And I, I think everybody's been wanting that for a while. I love that. <sighs> Burrow, yeah, Burrow Spears was great in round six. Uh, Perps dropping yet another $20 Super Chat monster here. Perps, appreciate you. Perps says, hey, chat, we have 115 watching and only 45 thumbs up. Let's smash that thumb up button for Smitty now. He's putting in the work on Valentine's Day and giving Miss Smitty a cold shoulder for us. And it's like, you know, it's Valentine's Day and we don't have any meatloaf. <laughs> alert. Where's the meatloaf? Super Chat alert. 
<laughs> meatloaf? Uh, Perps wants meatloaf. Oh. Sorry, no, Perps. I'd never throw you under the bus. Uh, okay. Phone lines are open. Let's discuss ADP. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Not only do I want to discuss ADP, I very much want to discuss the Brandon Ayuk, Steve Wilkes, San Francisco 49er situation. And if anybody is tired of hearing about regurgitated content, you're not, that's okay, because you're not hearing regurgitated content. This is new takes, new callers, new information. Steve Wilkes has been fired. Um, there's footage of, of Kyle Shanahan on the sideline now that is, is uh, I have it, I'm going to put it on my Instagram later, that says, he goes, hey, uh, uh, Receive when I received the ball when they're when they're doing the coin toss in overtime. Receive the ball like so confirmation that it did come from Kyle. It wasn't the players that were uninformed. It's it's important information because the players didn't have no information and then make the call as a captain. It was Shanahan saying, you know, Fred, Fred, we want the ball. Fred, we want the ball. He's like, okay, does the coin toss and he goes, we we want the ball. So this is Shanahan's command. And so a lot of people are saying even if the Niners didn't know, a lot of the Niners, including a lot of important key components of this team didn't know the new overtime rules, which is a complete whiff on Shanahan's part. Um, it's crazy that, uh, it, it, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have affected anything because Shanahan still wanted to receive the ball, but maybe you're fighting different. Maybe you're you're aware. Like, And everyone said, Smitty, they're not going to fight different. Yeah, Zeus, uh, D-Town, Zeus is going in round 6-7. Uh, Zeus is a great value. Quorum and seven eight, that's great value. So so uh Zamir White to the moon, to the freaking moon. Zamir White season. To the Love moon. Zamir White. But his ADP is like another round later, so that's why we didn't really mention him, but he's a great player to throw up. Um I I, I just think that like even though people will say, Smitty, how does that change anything? If if the players knew the rules why would they play different? They could have played different. You don't know if you know that if you know that like scoring doesn't necessarily like end it, you might you might play you just might play different. Knowing knowing the stakes and knowing what's going on can definitely affect what you're doing, what you're thinking, the pressure you're under. Like being misled and not on purpose, but misled by your coach to think that this was going to go a certain way. Or that it was that it could have went a certain way, and to be like completely oblivious to oh, no matter what, they get a shot to even if we score, like it just changes everything. Like it changes everything. It, it's the fact that you're not informed is a bad thing. Um, Jacobs Dynasty excited. Jacobs and Dynasty excited to see where he goes. Uh, says Thomas. Yeah, I don't know how much I love his Dynasty value, but. Um, I do think, you know, he's got a couple years, so it, as long as you're, you know, not thinking five to six years. Uh, do you do a video on unrestricted free agents, free agents outside of well-known players? Yeah, we, we do, Bob. I mean, I'll add to this list. Essentially, what we'll do is we'll just grow these, uh, you know, these wide receiver free agent lists. I mean, I got guys down here, um, the wide receivers. You know, we got a lot of listed guys down here. Gabe Davis, you know, Hollywood Brown. These are pretty deep guys. Odell. Um, there are some other players. I'll throw more on it. Uh, there might be another player or two that I just spaced out on too, where I, I deleted on accident by hitting buttons. So if you see somebody got removed or 
something like that, let me know. And uh, we'll definitely fix that. <clears throat> Kyron Williams, look at him. Look at him. Look at Kyron and A-Chan. Imagine having a team built with Kyron and A-Chan. Imagine having a team built with Gibbs and, and A-Chan. Imagine having a team with Bijan and A-Chan. Or Brees Hall and A-Chan. It's just one of my favorite starts is going RB, RB. Let's pretend we did that. Let's say we went... Uh, Let's say we went Brees Hall and Achan, right? And so who's left from this side over for wide receivers? Okay, so you lose Debo, he gets drafted, Rice, Ayuk gets drafted, Diggs, Adams, uh, Chris Olave, Dell, Michael Pittman, and you're back on the clock. Let's say it was this pick right here. You took, or no, we were saying from that this this spot, right? Let's say we took Brees here or Kyron here and Achan. So your your wide receiver one would be DK. Or, you know, you could go Mike Evans, you could go. That's not horrible. Like, it's not m most ideal, but then again, like, is Debo DK? Is Rasheed Rice DK? Is Brandon Ayuk DK? Is Diggs DK? Is any of that really less risky? Not really. So I would almost love the Brees Hall, HN, DK. And then you could get a little bit, like, frisky and go Cup if you wanted and go DK, Cup, HN, Gibbs, or, you know, Hall, HN, DK, Cup. You could also, you know, get crazy and say, I'm going to go, you know, Mahomes with one of those picks. And you literally could go like Hopkins later on if you wanted to in, in hopes that he has a kind of a final one last hurrah type season. So if you had Kyron, Achan, DK, Mahomes, and Cooper Cup, let's say, that's not that bad. You know, or my worst—I think my worst-case scenario is this. This is—you guys tell me if you think this is the best way to go. Like, let's say you get Kyron, Achan, Jalen Hurts, Devonte Smith, or Devonte Smith, Jalen Hurts. This is particularly easier, like over here somewhere. Sometimes Gibbs and Kyron, or you go Kyron and you go Achan early, or let's just say you go Gibbs and Kyron. That—that's a, a duo I sometimes get at twelve, thirteen. So Gibbs, Kyron, and Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. Like, who doesn't like that? Raise your hand if you don't like that. That's a phenomenal, that's a phenomenal team. And Devontae Smith as your Devontae Smith as your number one wide receiver ain't bad when you draft him as your third drafted player. I love this. This is probably my favorite draft right now. Gibbs. Uh Kyron. You can't really see that. Let's go a little bit bigger. Let's go a little bit bigger, Smitty. Let's use this whole... You have this whole entire marker board. And you're deciding to write like it's, you know, fine print. Um, here's one. Here's two. Here's three. Here's four. Guys, phone lines are open. Here's five. Here's six. Let's say you go Gibbs. Kyron. Hertz. And D. Smith. Can I get a raise of hands of how amazing that start is? You punt wide receiver one in round one. You punt wide receiver one in round two. You punt wide receiver one in round three. You still get Devontae Smith. You probably still get a hop. Let's say you get a Cooper Cup here. Let's say you get Cooper Cup and Hopkins. You know, I'm not saying that's who you have to take if you don't like these guys, but like you still got a formidable wide receiver 
you know, one of these guys might fail due to age, but I mean, one of them might not. You get Devontae Smith. That's that's a freaking awesome start to a team. Who loves it? Who loves it? Call into the show. Call, call into the show. Dial in, dial in, dial in, dial in. I restarted the phone lines in case they were not working. <laughs> Which sometimes happens here on the Fantasy Football Show, Smitty. Sometimes your phone line's down. Um, Wayne, appreciate you, Superfish. Bird, uh, Bob, everybody in here, D-Town in the building. I'm kind of, kind of the, uh, I'm kind of the, what's this? I'm kicking the ball first in OT. But to each their own, says D-Town. Of course you're kicking the ball in OT. It's the massive advantage. It's like almost idiocy to not kick the ball. So you're you're in the right, D-Town. I'm sorry if anybody else said they weren't up there. I'm not calling anybody names. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's, a, it's an advantage that nobody should be overlooking. The ability to decide what you're doing, what you're going for, when to do it. Um, you know... Like if it's uh, if you're on the eight yard line and it's first down, you get all the way down, you get a first down. You're on the eight yard line. You're literally it's four down territory. You have four plays to work with. You don't have three going. We got to kick a field goal. Maybe you literally have it extends your opportunity. Like the advantages are mind boggling different. You know it's a difference. It's night and day difference. Um, you guys are liking this team. I like it. like this team you don't have to like these two picks uh these were just me filling in i'd almost rather get rid of those so you guys can use your imagination and not ruin the the setup with players you might think are are, are toast so hurts Devonte smith that first of all that stack is really fun especially in best ball and gibbs and kyron with it or hall and kyron or uh, you know if you get sniped you could still go gibbs and hn if you want to go early freaking phenomenal we probably won't be here super long just because we've already done a Rumble show. If you missed the Rumble show, I did it right before this one. Go watch it. It's on Rumble. Rumble is uh, a link in the description that we got. The Rumble show, youtube.com slash the fantasy football show is what you're watching right now. Uh, Dynasty channel will be live on later tonight. That's a link in the description as well. Please be subscribed to the Dynasty channel, youtube.com slash Dynasty Fantasy Football. And then we just went live on Rumble, rumble.com slash the fantasy football show. So uh, go check out that Rumble video. Um, I don't know if my phone lines are down anyway because I restarted them again. I, I don't know if people are able to get through. I might have to restart my whole system. But uh, somebody somebody dial in if you've got anything to say. You don't need to call in to test the phone line. If somebody has a, a, a topic, especially around the IUK situation, um, I'm not tired of talking about this. Some people might be, but it's evolving. It's literally evolving. Steve Wilkes getting fired is an evolution of this whole situation. Um, Bob dropping a, a $5 holler. Bob, appreciate you. What players do you think will rise the most after the draft? Thanks for the show. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate you. If I had to guess, Bobby Boy, I probably would say, let's go to the ADP board we were just looking at. Players, I think, will rise after the draft. I would probably say 
after the draft, my guy, you're probably perps. Uh, call back. I, I saw you there, and then it and then it hung up. Uh, perps, please dial back. I'm sorry. If I, I don't think I hung up on perps, but I think he hung up. But um, if we're looking at after the draft, so Jacobs, um, Henry, uh, uh, Barkley, because once they become real, right now they're on. They're just paper players. You don't know what Barkley is. You don't know what Henry. Henry's down here. This is crazy value for somebody that doesn't want you know Henry at all. This is just insane. He's almost a sixth round pick. The, the risk is almost zero. Um, Barkley is going to climb, but these guys will all climb once they become real. Right now, they're they're figments of everyone's imagination. You're like Barkley, where? Well, Barkley in Houston's going to look like glory. Uh, Derrick Henry in Dallas is going to make him climb to the third round, probably. I'm, mark my words, he's not going to stay anywhere near round five. He probably won't even stay around four, almost guaranteed. Uh, Mahomes could climb a lot. Um, Kelsey could climb a lot. Uh, Rasheed Rice will either fall or climb, depending on if they bring in another player. Uh, free agency and draft, I think, import are important to, to including your question, Bob, because free agency could change a lot, too. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. could climb a lot or, I mean, not a lot, but like he could climb to like, it's a lot for being in the top 15 already. Like he could climb to the 12, 13 turn really. Um, Brandon, I, you could climb more fall. I think, uh, I think cook could drop a ton. I know you asked me about climbers. Alave could climb a ton if he gets a quarterback or, or fall tank Dell could climb more fall. I don't know. Pittman's way too high anyway. I, I hope he stays that high. I love that people are taking Pittman. Sometimes he goes at the tail end of round two, which is freaking ridiculously high. Uh, Jalen Hurts could climb a little. I think Mahomes will climb. Stroud could climb a little bit when the buzz starts getting hot and heavy. Uh, Burrow may not, just because there's too many other quarterbacks that are that are sitting here. Uh, Pacheco could climb. Rashad White could climb. Rashad White needs to ex- escape the NFL draft. If he does, he's going to climb quite a bit. Uh, Perps calling again. I don't know why I disconnected. Thank you, Bob, for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, Ron Navy, you're live. What's up? I, uh, yo. yo, yo, yo. I guess it's an escape goat, so their defense coordinators, it's Shanahan's escape goat, huh? Yeah, I mean, what I, what I read off earlier, uh, I read off the uh, stats. They were third in points scored, allowed, and they were 10th in, um, and uh, what was the stat that I read you? I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. They were tenth in EPA per play allowed. Um, they, you know, they had a relatively good defense. They just it felt like they sold, given the talent that they had a, to the fan base. It felt that way. But from people on the exterior, most people don't think the defense was a problem at all. And some people on the exterior, outside of the Niner fan base, they say, "Hey, actually, you did pretty good against Patrick Mahomes for almost the entire game." He just became, he was able to break free all, through all that. And, and you know, it is kind of weird to fire your defensive coordinator. Um, and I'm not saying that he, that, that I'll, I'll speak to this, I'll speak about this two ways. It's not, it's unusual to fire your defensive coordinator when he had a good year statistically for the most part. And, and, and you made it to the Super Bowl. And yeah, granted, you, you, you what? He's only been here. Mm-hmm. One it, it, year. It is crazy. It is crazy when you think yeah, about it. They just went to a Super Bowl. Like, why you? How many? How, how long has Shanahan been there? He's been to two previous Super Bowls. 
when do they start pointing the finger where it belongs? And when does Shanahan, the gauntlet, come down on Shanahan? I can't wait to see who they fire or who they hire for their defensive coordinator now. But whoever it is, they'll run into the same problem. And what and 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 if they have any success, it'll be taken away from them by Shanahan's failures. Let me show yet again. Let me because Shanahan's responsible for knowing the overtime rules, for knowing for knowing. Uh, for, for telling the players what the rules were and everything else. Heck, the players, the, <laughs> I mean, I would like to see somebody ball up and Shanahan said, oh, no, uh, take the ball first. Day. I would have said, no, we're going we're gonna to kick it. If I was the player, I would have went against Shanahan. You, you know, because it's stupid. So the you other... don't want to put the, the ball in Mahomes' hands second. You want to put kick it off to him first. And that way you know what you got to do. Yeah, everyone everyone knows that. Like I said, it's almost idiocy to argue that you want the ball because you you get you get 100% control. And not to mention, like I said, if not only for for let's say let's say the other team uh scores a touchdown and then you get the ball and you're at you're at the 10-yard line with your 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 first and goal from the 10 or first and goal from the 9, you know you have four plays. Like you're instead of saying, well, we're not sure if we have four plays. Are we going to go for it or not? Let's try just try these three plays out. It, so it's just like it's crazy to even argue it. Uh, but but what I was going to say is, my other side of this this argument is that, and this is not to say that Wilkes should have been fired. But if if let's say Shanahan's assessment is correct, let's say there's stuff behind closed doors we don't know about. Let's say he lost the locker room. Let's say there's a lot of reasons we don't know about. Let's just say it's true. If he's deservingly needing to be fired, Shanahan held on to him all this time. Buffalo made a change. You can make a change midseason. If it's such a bad move, like even keeping Moody. Uh, Moody was, yeah, he did hit some some big kicks. I get it. But if Moody would have missed when it counted and, and then everybody says, oh, you know, we got to get rid of him. You know he's got it in his head. You know he's potentially going to miss this big kick because he did it in the preseason. He was in his own head. He gets nervous. And it would have been Shanahan's fault for not replacing him earlier if things went awry. That's part of being a head coach. And sideline Steve, they call him. Steve Wilkes was in the box coaching, being a defensive coordinator for uh, about half the year or whatever. And literally, as a, you know, kind of like when an employee is can't really be fired yet. They want to go through the motions at, at the place of employment. They want to put them on a little probation plan so they've got HR's got enough evidence to say we tried to work with them before we fired them. It was like, okay, Steve, we're going to have you come down from the box, okay? And you're going to be on the sideline because it's not working out. You open the box. Maybe you'll see something different. So he came down to the sideline and he did really well right away. And they, the Niner fan base was so excited. They loved him again. And, and then, and look, I give the Niner fan base credit because they're very loyal. They love their people. They support their people. There's nothing wrong with that. I just want to put that out there right now. But there is some goggles stuff going on here. Big, thick goggles. Everybody hated him. They wanted him gone. He comes down to the sideline. He has a couple of good games. They start calling him sideline Steve. Fan base says he's the best. He's the best defensive coordinator in the league again. And, and now all of a sudden the fan base hates him again. And if he is needing to be nudged out, if it's whatever we want to argue or not, if it's fact, someone says it's fact, Shanahan waiting and not taking care of it when there was a problem enough to bring him down from the booth because he couldn't do his job, and you think putting him on the sidelines is going to fix everything, 
then that's a fireable offense right there. Like, I, I, I get you can't fire Shanahan. I'm not a moron. But because you went to a Super Bowl and you literally had they stopped Mahomes from scoring a touchdown, everybody would be talking about how Shanahan did it. He's amazing. So I get you're like one play away from this different story being told. And I understand that. I'm not, like I said, maybe a little bit of a moron, but not a complete moron. I get what's going on. But at the same time, I get you can't just replace him, but he can't win. Like, he can get you there, but he can't win. This is like, I liken him to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, how are you going to replace Dak Prescott if you're the Cowboys? You can't. He's a great quarterback. He's not elite, but he's great. He's a. He's not even good. He's great. He's a great quarterback. Dak Prescott will probably never win you a championship. So does that mean you get rid of him? No, because who are you going to bring in? So I'm not saying the Niners, I have the answer for the Niners. I'm just saying that, if he is going to bring you a Super Bowl, you have to figure out ways to contain him. You have to figure out ways to support him. You have to figure out ways to teach him and allow him to get help from others instead of taking play-calling duties away from Steve Wilkes during the game and the defense fails. You take, I don't know how many play calls he reversed Steve Wilkes on, but there's word that he did it at least one or two times. He reversed his call and said, you know, and if, if you lose the game defensively, if that was, and I don't know for certain, if that was on the final drive, then how are you going to fire this man? <laughs> like, it's crazy to me. But, ah, uh, it's, there. look, as I said, I say this with, with uh, empathy or, uh, you know, uh, sorrow for my Niner people, is the Niners are in shambles right now. They got to try and turn this thing around. Um, but uh, this isn't, this isn't, all of this stuff is just mounting right now. It's got to be tough to be a Niner fan right now. Um, but, I mean, you've got this and then the Ayuk situation ready to boil over. Just ready to boil over. I'm a Niner fan, and I'm sorry, but you guys are wrong. Okay. Thank you. I I, I don't I didn't assume you to think differently. It's okay. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, you know... Only you can do the memes justice, bro. I mean, you come up with some great memes and some great things. This is one you should think about doing. Is, uh, you know, Shanahan's there, his phone rings. And, uh, hello? Yeah, this is your dad. What the hell were you thinking about taking the ball first? Somewhere along those lines. You can, you can do justice to that meme. I want to see it. Yeah, I'll I'll create a little a little cartoon about it. Ring ring ring. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yep. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's a must. I want to see it because you do those so awesome, dude. Anyway, thanks. Um, kind of crazy, kind of kind of cra crazy in their cap situation. I've had a couple people come at me and say, "Smitty, what do you, you don't know what you're talking about on the cap and everything?" Look, this these cap numbers they're not even mine. Um, these cap numbers are are from from C Mac Niner Page, and he's such a pro Niner Page. This guy will will look at the positive and everything, and he goes at me constantly. And we're we're buddies. Uh, I love C Mac, and he's saying. And his last statement here, the Niners front office has a dreadful task ahead of them. They have 28 to $33 million for the remaining 44 spots after you account for just the IUK, you know, fifth-year option money, not any sort of extension form. 
So when uh, when uh, when uh, Lynch was asked, "Are you extending Ayuk?" He says, "We're gonna do our best to, to extend Ayuk this offseason." He didn't say it's gonna happen. Don't worry, like he did with Debo. I don't know if you remember, but like Debo, it'll be fine. It's going to happen. We're going to take care of you, is what they said. He's like, I, I, we're, we hope that we can take care of Ayuk. There's no guarantee they can. And there's no, there's no necessarily wrongdoing being done either, though. Let me just say that because he's under contract. That's what the fifth-year option is for. While it's been standard practice and widely accepted in the NFL, and that's the NFL's fault, and that's the the owner's fault, that's the team's fault, to make it standard practice for a breakout wide receiver or running back or whatever to during their fifth year option year, when they got one more one more year left on their contract, to really squeak out the the extension right then and there. So they don't go and play and get hurt. Look at Jacobs. Jacobs wanted to leave as a free agent. It wasn't his op- an option year or anything. But he wanted to leave and they franchise tagged him. And he's like, come on. This is my time. I'm Jacobs. I just led the NFL in rushing. This is leading into this previous season. And what happened? Exactly what I said would happen. He'd crap the bed. The team wouldn't be able to, to do what they needed to do to give him room to run. And he'd sit out the end, ending part of the season. Because he wouldn't. He want to protect himself. He want to not necessarily get hurt. He get banged up. Whatever. He sat out the last part of the season. Uh, what's Jacobs going to get this offseason? Probably a, a decent, you know, bag and go to Baltimore. He's one of the top free agent running backs, so maybe it won't hurt him as much as it could have. Like he he maybe escapes a little bit because there's not a lot of big options. And Barkley and him are the the best younger options on the board. Um, so it might be okay. But uh, bottom line, um, what was I even saying? I don't know. Bottom line is, oh, I think it was about Ayuk. I was just going to say that I I believe that, uh, oh, that that Ayuk is still, uh, something about his contract. Damn it, it kind of still slipped my mind. Hold on, Perps is live on the phone. Perps, what's up? You're live. What's up, Smitty? What's up, Ron? What's up, Perps? What's up, Perps? You know, just enjoying a uh, Valentine's evening. Yeah. Nothing too excited. Atta boy. No one up here in Minnesota. Got six inches on the ground already. Atta boy. Last four hours. Um, nice. No, I, you were throwing shade at me earlier. I, I think you're taking my whole take wrong. I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying. Oh. The whole 49ers thing. I mean, there's four quarters in football. Yeah. You have four quarters to do something. You don't rely on overtime. The other thing is the NFL overtime rule changed in 2022. So last year when they played in the Super Bowl, it was the same rule as it is this year. So ultimately, the players have more take than Shanahan. Do you know your sport? Do you know your game? If you're going to play, I agree with your take that if you're the first team with the ball, you have the four... Or uh, three down, because you're going to use your fourth to kick it, or the other way you're going four all and out. But you got to play all out every play. You guys get paid millions of dollars. There's zero excuse. I mean, they they should all know yep. this before. It shouldn't have to go with being said. <clears throat> but first, it's still the head coach's responsibility to emphasize the rules and emphasize those, make sure players are ready and they understand. Since when do we start keep putting the, the, the blame on all these players, not just 49ers, but across the board, everybody's putting the blame on these freaking players 
And nobody's holding the head coaches responsible for their idiotic decisions or their bad coaching. Well, What's the coach? Yeah, Ron, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that, Jake. That's what I'm getting at. Is yeah, I think Perps... screw up? Is he at fault? Absolutely. But I think Perps is just saying there's more... accountability, too. I think Perps I mean, is just the saying the there's day... multiple reasons. Which which I think what everyone's yeah. saying... I think the reason that might come off the way it is, Perps... And you don't have to... I'm not taking anything that, you're, that you said or what I thought you said wrong, by the way. Um, no shade thrown at you, my man. But but I I, I think when, when the reaction is that... It's not Shanahan, all Shanahan's fault. It feels like most people are going to take it. In my opinion, most people are going to take it like, okay, hey, you know, this is like equal parts, you know, going around. And like, really, you can't point fingers at Shanahan because there's so many other ways to point the finger. And I, I don't think you're wrong in that, like, of course, you know, like I said, this came down to do you stop Mahomes? If you stop Mahomes and the Niners win by three, what, what do you think happens? Shanahan becomes, uh, you know, a, a, a statue figure to everybody. They're going to they're gonna get Shanahan tattoos. Everyone's going to love him. He finally did it. They don't care how it happened. So, like, you're right. If that stop happened, he didn't do so much bad that people say, hey, we won, but good God, Shanahan, you almost lost it. Nobody would be saying that. They'd be like, Shanahan did it. It was a tough, gritty game. And so, to Perps's point, there are a lot of factors involved, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, like perhaps the, the reason why I think we do circle back to like, we do need to blame Shanahan. And had they won, it would have gone on un, unnoticed what Shanahan botched the entirety of the playoffs. He played Whoa. three horrible playoff games, really, from, from, from start to finish um, until the end of both the first two games. And then it was... It was the reverse, and, the, and it was back to his old tricks of taking his foot off the gas. He's also lost three Super Bowls, appeared in three Super Bowls, and in all three of them lost a double-digit lead. One as an offensive coordinator in Atlanta in the Tom Brady 28-3 Super Bowl comeback. Like, that was the most embarrassing comeback in the history of the Super Bowl and almost the history of football. 28-3 I, we couldn't believe our eyes. Tom Brady's going to lose. I can't believe Tom Brady's losing this. I remember I, I just about walked away from the TV. And I remember and Shanahan gave up that 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. So it's like at some point you got to say when he gets there, he's going to screw it up. It doesn't matter how many times he gets you there. If that's all you're going for, he's your guy. But is he going to get there? Is he? Is he... The fact that he didn't take accountability... Perps, like on camera, when they said, hey, you know, did your players know about the overtime rules? Uh, you know, I should have, that, that's on me. Like he, he said, no, I don't think it factored into it. Like he's never wrong. He's never wrong. He never takes accountability for when things go awry and never says it's me. It's on me. Sorry. I should have did that. He just, it's like he doesn't learn from anything. That's the part that I think really frustrates me is I don't think yeah. he learns from anything. But you're wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Perps. I mean, there's lots of reasons. He never takes responsibility. Yeah. Shanahan and Tom are buddies. That also goes on ownership. I mean, at the end of the day, True. 
True. Someone's got to be held accountable, and the True. buck stops with the head coach. I don't disagree with that. No, but, the buck the buck stops with Wilkes because <laughs> they got rid of well, him, and well, it's, <laughs> it's clean slate season, according well, to the, Jed York. Well, he, well, he's the scape, he's the scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shanahan's the head coach. He's the one that's going to tell his OC or DC what plays they're going to run or what they're going to do or if he's going to give them carte blanche to make all the play calls or trust in them. I mean, so it all comes back to him. I get that. But there's four quarters in football. Like I said, there's a lot more errors that we can't put it all in the overtime scheme. Now, should should things have been said differently and done differently? 100%. But use this example, Smitty. Raj and his boys, if they win the Super Bowl, how many of them are coming back at you and throwing <laughs> fire at you that Bro. you don't know what you're talking Bro. about? And you're, the, you're the dumbest football guy in the world. Yeah, let me tell you this. I, I, I've already yeah. talked to my boy. I talked to my boys all day long. They like I tell. I, if I say that we've had about 700 messages today on our group text, that's a. It's probably un, under. Um, it's probably way over that. But, you know, they're, they're having a tough time. There's, you know, this is a tough thing. I'm, I'm not going to share any of those messages or anything. But I'll just say that, like, um, they know we've kind of all joked around and admitted that, like, had Mahomes got stopped. Let's say Mahomes just accidentally threw, overthrew, you know, Mikkel. And let's say he, he the next, whatever. They, they just didn't convert on that. They got all the way down there, but they it wasn't even the Niners that did anything. It was two botched throws by Mahomes, whatever. And it ends on an incomplete pass. And the Niners win th- by three. Um, like I said, I even told them, you guys would have been coming for my neck. You would have been coming for everyone's neck. Everybody would have been wrong. Shanahan would have been the savior. And no one would have, no, not a single person would have analyzed them wrong. And Wilkes wouldn't have been fired. Like, that's where you got to say to yourself, this is a scapegoat move. Because if I asked the question, it said, swear on a Bible. Swear on a Bible, Shanahan. If you won the game, would Wilkes be fired? And is if, if Mahomes overthrew, you know, and they ran out of time, whatever. Would, if they went for it and missed, would he be fired? I can guarantee you he would say, uh, no. Like, if, if he had to answer honestly, it would be no. It would be no. So that's what's so funny is we're talking about uh, a change, a micro change in the game, one play difference, and he's fired, and he's or one play difference, and he's a savior. Wilkes' defense is the best ever. Wilkes is going to be so much better next year. You watch this defense. This defense is tough. They held Mahomes. They stopped him in the final drive. We're dogs. Our defense is dogs. That's what you'd be hearing left and right. Now it's we're in shambles and everything's starting to go in shambles because of one freaking play. It really is one play determined whether this thing was going right or left. And I'm talking about like a deep dive down. It's crazy. It's kind of like fascinating. I've got a psych degree. This kind of of shit is right up my alley. It fascinates me. I love this stuff. When when something can go that way or this way, just a one measly little thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why I say, like, there's more to it than just Shanahan. And look at the defense. The Niners' defense played that last, at the end of the fourth quarter. Some say they took the ball because they wanted to give the defense a rest. Yeah. Does that matter? Yes and no. I mean, it all depends. But let's all agree or disagree. This was a horseshit Super Bowl. The first three quarters were snoozers. It wasn't even a good game. The end of the the end of the game was interesting though. I mean, it got. Well, I would it, agree with that. It got, yeah, am, it got amped up the, in here. 
the first first three quarters was garbage football. I mean, at the end of the I day, felt, at the end of the day, I felt pretty satisfied. But I'm not saying I like there was a point purpose during the game. I said that like this is a snooze fest. Like what are we doing? But by the end of the game, I I, I wet my beak plenty. I was I was definitely satisfied. But I, I hear what you're saying, and you're you're 100 right. I think I said that up until the third quarter. Like what is going on here? This is like back and forth. No one's scoring. What the hell is going on? It's a low scoring game, and. and and we and what's crazy though is it has such a good ending that it hit the it got right to the to the over under, it was uh, forty seven I yeah. think and it got right to forty six or whatever it was, um so that that was I agree. that that was it got it got it got interesting for sure but you you're you're right um I I uh I don't know uh, uh Superfish said five dollar holler Michael Hartman didn't know the game ended either Mahomes told him in the end zone that's true. So we could say that maybe Michael Hardman caught the football and, uh, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, let's say he did something weird. I don't know. I, let's just say he did something weird, um, like he slid, <laughs> like a kick a field goal or, or just something weird. Uh, I, all I'm going to say is, like, we would be saying the same thing about Andy Reid, right? We'd have to because if Miko didn't know it and he caught the game-winning touchdown, it's not – you're completely right, Superfish. It is not fair – to, to 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 throw everything on Shanahan on the players not knowing because Meikle didn't know either. It's a good point. Fair point. Uh, I'm, I'm a fair guy, and that's a fair point. So good 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 one to throw out. But Smitty, Smitty, the Niners yeah. win? Sorry, go ahead, Ron. No, I was just going to say, what about that story? I mean, Nico Hartman's released. He goes to the Jets, and then – doesn't do nothing, and Kansas City brings him back. And look at the Super Bowl he had. That play was wow. that, play, that play was an incredible play design. It it, it was like it wasn't even like a it was an unorthodox play design, but they're masters of that. They're so good at it that in last year's Super Bowl, they all lined up on the wrong side and they still scored a touchdown doing those kind of you know trips right sideline type of uh, distractions and and you know almost like a it's almost like a screen. It's almost like a legal pick play. <laughs> It's crazy, and and you got everybody. Look, and let me just say this too. I'm just being honest. I'm not. I'm not trying to go out my Niner fan base, but the Niners went hardcore on the on the Eagles, hardcore on everybody that that ended up losing, saying cry, 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 Eagles cry. The Niners have been nothing but posting like, uh, did you see this holding penalty? Do you see this holding penalty? This holding penalty. Like everybody's gonna cry when they lose. You know what I mean? But like. I'm hearing a lot of it now, and I don't blame anybody, but I'm just saying it was supposed to be this thing where we're not going to cry if we lose. There's nothing but this holding penalty, this holding penalty, this holding penalty. Uh, the they were the better they were the better team. The Niners were the better team. They were not the better team. I got there was a guy in the in the live stream. I was on Raj's uh, Instagram live stream that came in and said uh, I I said Mahomes outplayed Purdy, and he's like Mahomes didn't outplay Purdy. You out of your mind? Start arguing with me in the chat. It's like Mahomes didn't outplay Purdy. What are you talking about? Two touch? Did he have two touchdowns and like 300 yards? And and uh, yeah, he had an INT. Purdy didn't outplay Mahomes. What are you talking about? Who won? People are wild, man. People are wild. Well, that's the second beaten by KC in the Super Bowl. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I mean, think about it. That's all they ever do. 
they, they sit there and they and they go cry Eagles, cry, cry Dallas, cry, cry. And, and they're all over all these other teams that are losing. They think they're so entitled. Not at, not all of them. Not all of them. There's a, lot of not, there's a lot of good, like Blackbeard in here is amazing. Super, super fish, amazing. We've got a lot of good Niner people in here. But, but, but I do get ripped apart from time to time. That makes me... That, that makes me just like, I, 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 I root against San Francisco when, when, I, when I see those type of fans because they're just so, I don't know. You know, almost, almost like, hey, that's unfortunate that that happened to you. We're winning. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, my God, what happened to us? You know, don't you feel yeah. bad for us? Like, it, like that kind of thing. It's like, eh. I guess it does. it does feel very much like, I don't feel bad for Eagle Eagle fans when they lose because the way they treat other people and other fan bases. And I kind of, like you said, I kind of don't... I feel bad for my friends and I feel bad for Blackbeard and I feel bad for people. But at the same time, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that somebody said, Smitty, you had a real, uh, a real KC tone to you the entire live stream. And here you are acting like you're... You're not in favor of Casey winning the game, and if I'm being completely honest, if I you know ask myself the question who who do I want to win and why might I lean a little way, maybe it does have something to do with that, and that's probably what it comes from. Is like you know I I I, I guess in a way I I want to prove that what I've been saying about Shanahan for how many years now is true, and if he wins a Super Bowl, if I'm being completely upfront, transparent, if he wins a Super Bowl, all that gets hidden. And, and maybe that's why I was a little bit pro KC and not wanting to admit it. I, I, I admit, I admit that when I, I looked, I look back at a couple clips, I'm like, I do look like I'm totally rooting for the KC Chiefs. And, and honestly, I probably was. I probably was because of that reason. It's not that I want KC to win because I hate the whole Taylor Swift, uh, Kelsey um, narrative. And I wanted the Niners to end that. And I did want my Niner friends like C-Mac and, and Raj and those guys not to, you know, be down and depressed. Because I feel, even though they would go into me, they, and I even, I even told them today, I go, if the Cardinals lost in the Super Bowl and fell apart, you guys would be trashing the hell out of me. And I'm not doing that to them. And they go, that's damn right, Smitty. C-Mac said they'd be sending me pictures of, of injured birds and, and dead birds and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm, I'm like so... Maybe I shouldn't feel bad the way that I feel bad because they, they were like, we would tear into you. And, and it's like, that's the way that our relationship works. And I think I, I look out for them too much. Like, so so ultimately, at the end of the day, I was wanting what I've been saying to not be hidden and, and have a mask go on it and have Shanahan win and everybody say he's glorious. You know, like him lucking out with Brock Purdy, and you could say it's not luck, but Brock Purdy developing... Maybe at the hands of some Shanahan, part Kyle, part maybe a lot of part, um, uh, uh, you know, GM uh, Peters, Adam Peters. Adam Peters might have had a heavy hand because he had a lot of lot to do with a lot of later picks all the time. Kittle, he found Kittle. I think he probably had a lot to do with Brock Purdy. Um, I feel like if 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 Andrews wasn't there to help facilitate getting the right players that are next man up in place. Shanahan would have already been fired. The way he mismanaged Jimmy G and Trey Lance and ruined Trey Lance, he was bailed out by Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is Shanahan's savior. Shanahan would be fired right now if Brock Purdy didn't save him from what unfolded and how he ruined Trey Lance. That's how I really feel. And I think that's why I'm not like wanting to see Shanahan win a Super Bowl so that everybody just acts like none of that happened. 
You're probably right. I probably did have a little bit of a KC lean. I'm sorry. You, wanna, guys you know what? The, the KC fans don't bother me. They, they, they actually, they're, not at they're all. pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty, um, They'll I invite you over say, for dinner. Uh, you could wear a Niner jersey and they'd, they'd give you a ride home. KC fans are amazing. Yeah, they're, they're humble. They're humble, but, but. They're probably cold. that, Kelsey is a flaming idiot, oh. in my opinion. I can't stand that big-ass crybaby. He, he, I mean, even when the Steelers were decent and they went to the playoffs and they, in Kansas City, this before they got my home, Kelsey was crying after the game. The rest did this. The rest did that. And he's been a crier his whole career. I mean, just look what he did with a, the uh, uh, Justin Tucker. He threw his helmet just like that before the game. And then look what he does to Reed. I mean, that son of a bitch is an asshole. And I don't have any respect for that son of a bitch at all. He's a piece of crap as far as I'm concerned. I don't care all the talent in the world. Yeah, he has all the talent, but he. As a person, he, he's a piece of shit. All right. Um, anyway, Ron. Uh, David, uh, $20 hauler from David. Full PPR, one QB league. Trade Pickens for the 1.11, 2.06, and Bryce Young uh, uh, Bryce Young and Chase Brown. Thank you. Q, uh, one QB. So Bryce Young is not as valuable in a one QB. 1.11, 2.06. I don't know. I feel like this move... This almost like makes you both worse. I I love Pickens, but I don't know that I love Pickens in this situation, and and I don't know what you get with the one point one. It could be a total whiff, or you could land the right player. So tough to say. I, I I'd probably say at the end of the day, um, I want to lean to the talent of Pickens and hope that like maybe this this drought that he's going to be in for a while doesn't last long. But he's also got some, in my opinion, some problems upstairs that he maybe he works through but he's he's a diva to the extreme and he's really young and that concerns me i i guess i maybe lean 1.11 if you could move it up a little bit if you could trade like the 2.6 1.11 your other second rounder or maybe you've already got another first round you rounder you could trade the 1.11 and a 1.8 and move up to 1.3 or 1.2 i maybe do it but pickens talent makes me want to say yes i just don't know if we're going to see it because I don't think Arthur Smith allows him to be... Not only does Arthur Smith hold him back like he did Drake London, you have him maybe going nuts on Arthur Smith. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Perps, appreciate you. Perps bailed out. Uh, real quickly, DeBalt, make it quick because I got to jump. You're live, pal. Thank uh, you, David. Thank you, David. Okay, well, I'll try to make it real quick, but... Smitty, it's not just one thing. It's not just Shanahan. It's not just... It's a lot of things. It's pretty can't throw a deep ball. They hey, the ball, the ball, the ball. Hold on, hold on one second. I didn't realize yeah. this is a twenty dollars hauler. Yeah. Uh, David, I'm sorry. David Klein. Thank you, David. Okay, go ahead, the I don't know where you're So yeah, it's just a lot of things, man. Watching the game, you know, it's it's easy to to when you're not really in, in, interested in either team. You can kind of look at it with a with a, a non biased outlook, and throughout the game, you just saw the the, the Chiefs took away Debo, they took away Ayuk, they said we're going to make Purdy beat us. They believe he couldn't, he, he didn't, and CMC did great, ninety on the ground, fifty in the air. He did everything he could, and yeah, I understand the whole thing with the coaching and the overtime. 
but the Niners had a chance in the red zone. They couldn't make it. They had to go kick the field goal. Yeah. CNC came out the game, and you saw it. Third down. He was there on the side, on the bench, crying. Put the towel over his head, crying. He knew. He knew. Oh, man, I scored the touchdown. The game's over. He knew. Like, they put in Purdy's hands, and that's what's going to happen. So, Andy Reid is a great coach. Um, Mahomes did what he had to do. You know, to me, it's, it's there's not much into it. You know, Shanahan messed up. Purdy's not it. CMC did everything he could. Ayuk and uh, Debo got shit down by McDuffie and Sneed. And that's it. All right, man. Appreciate you. Anything else to bolt? All right, Smitty. Anything nah, else? Man, you're great. You know, I can't. I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, get into more of the off-season stuff, man. It's can't wait for the draft, bro. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, bro. Appreciate the bolt. Thanks, Smitty. See Later. You. All right, Ron. Any any final thoughts? I'll be back. Yeah, you know, I'll be back I, on the Dynasty channel later. Thank you, David. I um, I, I, yeah, I missed your show over on uh, Rumble. I was I was cooking the wife's dinner. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's just like I know I ran it on on Kelsey, but deservedly so. I mean, I enjoy like Kittle. I love Kittle. Kittle's like. He, he loves the game. You can tell he loves the game. He plays with so much passion and all that. Debo, too. And you see him act, you see him acting crazy, right? He has that character, but he doesn't do the sorry crap that Kelsey does. Um, and But he has fun. He has fun with the other team's players. He has fun with his own players. I mean, you know, Kittle's a stand-up guy. I like Kittle a lot. Yeah. All right, Ron. Appreciate you. I'll see you on the Dynasty channel tonight. All right, later. Later. All right, Chad. I'll see you on the Dynasty channel tonight. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Thank you, Perps. Perps being a monster tonight. Perps dropped one, two. God, Perps. Perps is a monster. Perps to Saturn. Perps to Saturn. To Saturn. Would Perps please report to your shuttle? Perps, your shuttle is leaving for Saturn. Please board. Your Smitty approved. Just been Smitty approved. Parps is flying the shuttle to Saturn, I think. Boss Horn Deckard, appreciate your super. Superfish, appreciate your super. Uh, Say Word, appreciate your super. Bob, appreci- appreciate you. Superfish again. And David Klein dropping a $20 hauler. David, David, uh, you have a shuttle uh, wait, awaiting the moon. We're sending you to the moon, pal. So, uh, David, please report to your shuttle. I will see you all tonight on the Dynasty channel. Deuces. Appreciate you. Later. Hi. My name is B. John Robinson. I like long walks on the beach. And, well, I also like scoring
but the continuum of the gigawatt component structure of Jameer Gibbs's workload divide has a megawatt offload that if you compartmentalize the component conjunction timekeeper and you flux capacitor out the continuum component megabolt, things just end up happening. And that's why Jameer Gibbs is a top five to 10 running back instead of top six to 10. Brees Hall is eight foot tall. He will always answer the mother freaking call. Don't let him fall. In the third, don't stall. Just give Batman the freaking football. He's Brees. He's Brees. He does a hole of a job. A hole of a job. A hole of a job. Brees Hall, please report to the moon. Yeah. He does that.